When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 44, as the New York Rangers fall to the Carolina Hurricanes pissing away a chance to possibly gain some ground in the Metro and make things, as as Jimmy Vesey puts it, interesting down the line. I think it was a good loss. Uh, Andy and I are back together finally, and we are going to talk about it. There's some other topics around the NHL that uh, we need to talk about. And so I guess I have to start this podcast off with Andy. How are you doing, my friend? Doing good. It's nice for us to finally be reunited. I feel like it's been like two ships passing in the night recently with this podcast. So it's nice to be back uh, together again. And yeah, obviously it's been a pretty exciting slash whirlwind of uh, two weeks for the New York Rangers. Uh, I didn't get to mention it because I wasn't on with you, but I I did go to that Rangers uh, six nothing shutout against the Penguins on uh, Saturday, uh, was it Saturday or Sunday night? That Saturday. was Saturday night. Saturday night, yeah. So that was an awesome game. I It's some, one of the best Ranger games I've ever been to. The energy in the building was, it felt like a playoff game. Um, it was that loud and just the energy was incredible. And obviously with every mounting goal, it got even more of a fever pitch and it was just kind of like, and then obviously you know, them coming back out and being dominant against a, you know, albeit undermanned Nashville Predators team, but uh, just keeping it up. It was good. And then obviously a little disappointing um, dropping that game in the final few minutes to Carolina, but at least at the very, you know, there's some positive trends right now. And then there's some things they still obviously should need to be more cognizant of and clean up. But overall, it does at least seem like you, you sense it for most teams in the National Hockey League that this is the final stretch of the season. There are so many teams that are just fighting to get in. I mean, you still, uh, I think you're finally starting to see some separation. I think, you you know, teams like the the Florida Panthers and the, although I think they just lost it, right? But uh, the New York Islanders are, some teams had no margin for error down this stretch and they're basically took their fate in their own hands and punched their ticket and other ones that they had it and they've like Pittsburgh Penguins, but they've kind of let it slip away. So, uh, but yeah, this is the time when everyone's trying to mount up and turn the uh, turn, you know, just turn the gas up a little bit. Also, while trying to stay healthy, though. But you know, um, but yeah, pretty soon, pretty soon we'll have some teams. Probably within the next week or two, right? We'll have some teams officially clinch. So that's when you really know it's getting close. Yeah, you know, teams will have to join Boston in that run. I think Carolina, if they win another game, they clinch. Devils, I think it's another two games the rangers have you know a few games to go but you know it, it's it's one of those things where andy for as great as the six nothing and seven nothing wins were 
it didn't do us any justice going into a game against the Carolina Hurricanes because boy, oh boy, were things different in that game. And, you know, for the New York Rangers to be up most of that game after getting a late goal in the first by their fourth line, you know, it just was one of those games where you saw all the top players for the New York Rangers basically do whatever the hell they wanted with zero repercussions, uh, including the defense too, actually, in that. And against a team with some speed and some, or I shouldn't even say that much team speed, but just the team that's a little bit quicker and structured with that speed, the New York Rangers kind of, you know, fell apart. And they just, you know, in my opinion, it was one of those things where, you know, the games where they had, you know, prior against Pittsburgh and Nashville, where there was basically zero goaltending against Pittsburgh and Nashville was a borderline AHL team. You know, I just felt like the New York Rangers, you know, ran into a perfect storm uh, or a hurricane, so to speak. And it just it didn't amount well for them. And that that shit happens. That happens all season long, uh, you know, timing and just who you played. And, you know, you get into a groove. I mean, the New York Rangers, they beat Washington. They beat Pittsburgh. They beat Pittsburgh again. They beat Nashville four games in a row. You're feeling great about yourself. You absolutely demolished the last two opponents that you played and now you run into one of the best teams in the NHL, a structured team, a well-coached team, a disciplined team and, you know, a team that doesn't really give you much, especially in a neutral zone where the Rangers were just picking apart, you know, the Penguins and Predators. Andy, it just felt like, you know, of course they didn't have it because they haven't had to play a structured, you know, mature game in a while. So um, you know, I want to get your thoughts on on just the loss in general, not so so much the details of the game. But do you, I don't find it that big of a deal. I'm almost happy we lost, is that in a sick way? Yeah, no, I, I actually kind of agree. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like did the Rangers have more chances than they got? Yes, they had, I believe, over 30 shots. So it's not like they didn't have chances. You know what I mean? Uh, they were leading most of the game until the end, and you can say what you want about. Yeah, the, obviously the Rangers were the slower team and Carolina really looked like they wanted it a bit more and were more content to just keep being patient, play their game. And it looked like the Rangers, honestly, for maybe three quarters of the game, decided or they played a, a style that could get them the win, and they but they deviated. And I just think that's the one thing with, and I think even Henrik Lundqvist brought it up on the post game, is that uh, that that they. Carolina doesn't really have anyone to change the momentum or the tempo of the game, but as a team, they just, they feed off of your mistakes and that's how they change the tempo. They don't, maybe don't have a, you know, maybe outside of Aho, Svechikov is obviously hurt right now, but they don't have one person who's just going to say, you know, screw this free associate and break it up, but they are super comfortable, much like the Islanders for the last few years. It just, being patient, and that's exactly what happened. You know, it was, I mean, I thought there was a, they missed a, a what, a slew foot in the corner yeah. on Lindgren, which was a pretty egregious, but, you know, and also I thought the Chatfield goal on Igor was, was he should have had that. It was a bad goal by him, but. It was a perfect shot, I mean. It was a great shot, but I would say from that, uh, that's an angle I think he can, you know, I think he was second guessing it. And listen, it was a well, very well placed, but I thought, Angle from an angle perspective, I, I believe that's something that he can he should have. And I don't know even I, I don't I think it's one of those things from where he put himself. It looked like it was well over his shoulder when if he had just uh, 
it looked to me that he was maybe not instead of charging to the top corner, he was more to the side, giving it that. But again, it, like you said, it was a very well placed shot. So even though they had a ton of pressure, that's kind of their game of throwing everything. And yeah, it's like they Carolina, you see how comfortable they are just literally just moving their feet to run around the perimeter. You know what I mean? But for, I thought for most of that game, the Rangers did a good job of trying to, you know, keep the protect the house and, and move players out of their crease. And, but they just got away from it and they just made some mental mistakes. I mean, uh, I don't know what happened that one goal, but Truba and, and Miller both decided to take a walk and, you know, forward. And I forget who it was is out of position. And it's just, you know, those are the mistakes against a team like that. That's literally what they wait for. So you can't be surprised when they capitalize, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, you, try I to mean, get, you run around your own end and create a little bit of fire drill. And that's when they exploit it. Yeah. And, and like, I know I sound, you know, redundant here, but special teams is the key to beating teams like the Hurricanes. You go 0 for 3 on a power play, you don't win the game, you know. Uh, you know, you were able to kill off the, you know, it was a huge penalty to kill off too uh, against the Hurricanes. But, you know, overall, Andy, I think I spoke to you earlier today and I told you that, in my opinion, the turning point of the game was the last power play for the New York Rangers. You kind of just felt like, listen, you score here, you put the game away. You know, I felt it. I think the building felt it. It looked like the players felt it. You know, and you just thought they were going to score. And then when they didn't, I just felt like they were like, all right, well, we didn't score. So now we have to play defense and just we're going to win this game one nothing. And unfortunately, when you play that way and you, you know, go, you know, go on your heels, so to speak, you give teams too many opportunities. And that was exactly what the Hurricanes needed. They almost needed that little shift of momentum. And like you said, it wasn't just one player. It was just a whole you know, the, the energy of the entire building and team. And you just saw, you know, Chatfield just, you know, fly down the side and was able to, you know, beat Shesterkin and yeah, the tough one. Uh, and, and you know what, it just, you know, you knew they were in trouble once they gave up that goal. And then Kako scores, you know, a goal, I think 30 seconds later. And you're like, holy shit, good for this team to respond in the way they did. And then sure enough, you know, you know, I just felt like the dam broke and, and the Hurricanes knew that they were able to win this game no matter what. And, you know, they found ways to, you know, get the go-ahead goal and stupid pass by Foss. And, and I didn't know, Andy, when Foss just became a scumbag. But, you know, tripping Igor, just, you know, slashing, hitting people behind the play. I'm like, is this the same Foss that was on the Rangers? I feel like I, he got this, like, badass reputation now. Well, um, I mean, he was always a... Uh, like a heart and soul energy guy. But I think as he's become a vet in the league, I think that's also, you know, the veteran savviness has also come. And I think also just adding an element to his game. So it's just that same energy, but just being a little bit more of a pain in the ass and taking your attention off. And honestly, I would kill to have Jesper, this Jesper yeah. Foss on the range. I would kill to have yes the old Jesper Foss on the Rangers, but I would kill to have this Jesper Foss on the Rangers. Yeah, so. I would, he was like, just chip on his shoulder, you know, obviously going against his old team, you know, yeah, and I think we, and obviously Rangers fans, we forget like, you know, they, well, we don't forget, but the Rangers knocked them out of the playoffs last year. So there's a little bit more Bolton. And we also Panarin, we just beat them in uh, Carolina with the Panarin has four, a game that I thought the Rangers were the better team and Carolina just eh, didn't look so hot. So, you know, the roles kind of got reversed tonight. So 
I think there's a little bit more bulletin board material for them. So uh, I see a lot of fans, the sky is already falling and that those two games meant nothing and that they were illusions, and, which is ridiculous. But, you know, I think it just goes to show that there is a different style of play in the Rangers. It's not to say that they can't play it, but I just you have to hope they are cognizant of that. Remember that the Rangers got better as the playoffs went on last year until they ran out of gas. Right. You know what I mean? So I think it's one of those things that if you're if you're going to win, you're going to have to play a, a diff- few different styles. You have to play it, you know, depending on who you meet, meet in the first round because they're all different. You know, if you you're going to play the Boston Bruins differently than you would play the the New Jersey Devils and differently than you play the Carolina Hurricanes. So um, like you said, James, it was kind of in a lot of ways it's good. It happened because, you know, obviously you hope they they look like they have their skating legs and and you know gallant said it too he's like you know we he's like i didn't thought that they just brought it to us for 60 minutes and we didn't really want to skate our the puck out or and they did early on they did a few things that looked like okay this is going to be a pretty back even back and forth game and then they just kind of stopped doing those things and just let uh carolina take the game to them so hopefully they learn from that but i honestly as someone who only got to watch i've since watched highlights and watched some full period but as i only got to watch most of the first period i was like all right you know, looks pretty evenly matched. These are two pretty even, evenly matched teams. That's kind of what it, what I saw. Yeah, you know, and in, in, in my opinion, I just think that the New York Rangers, they need to get the puck in deeper, make their defensemen turn, make their defensemen make decisions with the puck, and the New York Rangers kind of have to mirror that same intensity and that same structure that the Carolina Hurricanes have. And because the New York Rangers, I think overall, man for man, you know, looking at the top three lines especially, and I think, we have an edge with our fourth line with the way, you know, how hard they work and how they just throw pucks on net. But if you look at the top three lines on each team, you know, I give the edge to the Rangers in terms of skill. And if we can just outwork them and, you know, get to the loose pucks first and force their defensemen to make boneheaded plays, kind of like how, you know, Carolina did with us, you know, they force pucks into dead zones and they beat you to it. And, you know, the Rangers at the end, they started chasing and, you know, they kind of, you know, once I felt like once they gave up that goal, especially, um, you know, they, they were on their heels. And, and when you're on your heels, you make stupid decisions. You, you, you drift off into no man's land and chase the puck and chase players. And sure enough, it, it, like you said earlier in the pod, a team like Carolina is going to absolutely destroy you. And they feed off of that. So um, but the good thing is, though, that the New York Rangers play them again. And I cannot wait for tomorrow's game. And just to see how they respond and just and I'm just hoping for I don't even care about winning at this point I just want to see an effort in which uh, I see the New York Rangers learning and adapting and you know changing their style of play because you know Carolina or the Devils you're going to need to be disciplined you need to play with a little bit of structure if you can't match their speed and you know you got to be physical and that means getting the puck down low making their defensemen turn, make their defensemen, you know, make stupid passes. And, you know, you hopefully you feed off of those turnovers and obviously win the special teams game, because that's going to be huge, especially in the playoff. Uh, but that's really all I have. You know, anything, anything else on this game, Andy? Uh, no, not really. Just like I said, you'll, you'll have to hope they just learn some lessons from it and they take it uh, with them on the road. And where they've been, they've been good this year. So, uh, yeah, just uh, use this time to hopefully they stay healthy. I guess that's the biggest thing. Seeing Lindgren, uh, Lindgren go down again 
He shouldn't play like to the playoffs or the week before the playoffs. Yeah, I just don't. Just I, I know you want to get him reps, but it's like, but what's the cost? Like not. Any... Yeah, like don't play him against a, a a hated rival. Don't play him against a team that's trying to get into the playoffs. Play him against a team that's already out of it. You know, or already in. Like you can or... play them against Tampa. I feel like they're not yeah. going to be chippy. Toronto, the last game of the season, absolutely. Buffalo, you know, that second to last. Basically play him the month of April, except for the Capitals game. He can play the last five games of the season, stay rested, and, you know, even if you want to play Lindgren, keep Harper in and give Fox a day off. You know? Yeah. I know. That'll be interesting to see which players get rest. Do you think he'll rest players? Well, I don't know, because their cap situation, they, they're really undermanned, right? They, do they even have the cap space to call someone up, like an extra body? Well, I mean, Harper's technically... Well, I meant a, uh, like a, like a, a forward. forward. Like, you oh, know, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you can rest one of your D-man, but, um, you know, unless, and then, or unless all, or you rest a guy who's banged up and let Harper, they let Harper play forward for a shift. <laughs> I mean, listen, they have 1,600 in cap space. I'll dress up for the yeah, I'll take for one game. I'll take a sixteen hundred dollar, you know, one day Absolutely. contract to get my my shit rocked. Um, I did want to ask, thinking back off that game uh, outside of the Rangers, obviously certain players are having hot streaks right now, and we're talking we're obviously talking about Mika Zibanejad and DeAndre Miller with some of the that uh, amazing performance against yep. the Predators. But uh, I did want to give Tyler Mott his flowers after only having what four goals all season with uh Ottawa Senators he's got four goals since coming back to the Rangers in what in a span of three weeks so uh it's pretty you know it's pretty bright and he's that the fourth line continues to be excellent for once better definitely better fourth line this year than we had last year at this point in time um they're clicking obviously BC you know, for, for Mott last year with having Reeves and I forget who it was, Rooney, um, it's clearly having Goodrow and BC is an upgrade and for all parties involved, you know what I mean? And they're just playing, they're doing what they have to do. They're chipping in goals and they're, they're every time they're on the ice, you know, they're, they have energy, but I think they're for guys, fourth line guys, they both have Mott and all three of them have better hockey sense than your average fourth liner, I would say. So, um, yeah, it's working. So I did, did want to give Tyler Mott his flowers for, despite he literally gets sent to the room. He gets, this, I've never seen some, someone get, uh, just on accident, just get, because he skates so low to the ground, just he gets rocked in the head so much. It's so scary. I'm like, this guy's going to, you know, I think it's every shift might be his last, but he comes, he gets healthy, he comes back out, and then he just plays his tail off. So there's a reason Rangers fans were clamoring to get this guy back. Um, and I saw a lot of like pushback from some people. Rangers fans were like very few, but they were just like, there's so many dime a dozen fourth liners. Why? What is this obsession with Tyler Mott? It's like, well, you know, A, he was a known quantity and B, the Tyler Mott we're seeing, you see, you just see how being here and what he provides, he's heart and soul and he just works his, his butt off. So, you know, he deserves all the credit in the world, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, I think he's a perfect fit for that fourth line because he's kind of like that. Like you said, you know, VC and Goudreau, you know, we saw what they did all season long. You know, they're just they're workhorses. They're just going to work as hard as they possibly can. And when you put a player like Mott in who, you know, has like a little chip on his shoulder and 
kind of as that spark plug. And, you know, yeah, he, you know, he, <laughs> listen, I know not to laugh that they always get, you know, hurt and hits his head. Obviously that's not funny, but I, it's just like, it's almost the nature of his game. Like if, if he's not doing that, then, you know, something else is wrong, but you know, it's it just, it's amazing how him and Lindgren just constantly are always like limping off the ice or holding an arm or just, you know, getting rocked. And it's just those two guys, I think just, I know they had a maintenance day today, but you know, maybe they really shouldn't be playing every single game. And, you know, unfortunately the New York Rangers uh, are tight on cap space and I don't think they can call anybody up, but um, shit, you know, uh, it's almost worth maybe sitting him and playing a player short than to, you know, risk, uh, you know, a bigger injury further, you know, let these guys heal, let them, you know, be ready for games that actually matter for the, you know, especially because the New York Rangers at this point, you really, we're not consistent enough to, to, you know, jump the devils. I mean, with only what, uh, 11 games left, we have to jump them by six points and we play them. So let's just say 10 games and six, yeah, this is 10 games and four points. Uh, you know, things could happen, but, you know, the Devils were winning percentage and just how they always find a way to either just get into overtime and still get a point. I think it's going to be nearly impossible, but, you know, weirder things have happened. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $500 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's also, Keandre Miller, uh, unbelievable performance. Um, you know, that's exactly what we need. But I have to say, you know, he got lost out there when when uh, when it mattered against the Carolina Hurricanes. So yeah, I, I ho- hopefully, but he wasn't the only one though. No, 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 no. But I just and, want hit. I don't want that to go to his head a little bit. You know. No, and I, I agree. I think I think you could tell from a lot of players that they were still in the mode that they would have the the time and space and the safety nets they had playing against uh, the t- their two previous opponents, where Carolina waits for almost waits for you to uh they almost keep they keep one center back and they wait for you to try to pinch or do and they they automatically that's when they fly two forwards but they keep you know they keep a center back to defend and if you turn it over then they're going the other way with numbers and uh yeah i thought miller had some breakdowns although you know i almost went back and watched the goals and at first i was like uh key what are you doing but then I kind of realized a lot of times it's someone else not doing something. And then he reacts like on one goal, VC just stops skating for some reason. And he's kind of playing parallel with Truba, just kind of trying to keep a good gap. And yeah, he does go to the corner, but Truba's just kind of watching Miller and not doing anything. So it almost seems like it's two breakdowns, but then Miller, it looks the most egregious on him when 
in reality, it was probably most, it was mostly BC's fault on that first goal. Um, you know, so, but yeah, I thought a, a bunch of players on the team looked at, I thought Schneider had a, he had his up and really up and down game. I thought some, um, at some times I liked how aggressive he was to make things happen and just be assertive. But at the same time, there's a lot of run around and him run, you know, he's a, he's a bit of a, he can be a bit of an adventure in his own, his own, but, uh, but Lindgren looked good for his first game back, you know, yeah. and Fox yeah. was pretty good, but, uh, it felt like honestly, you know, Fox was really, uh, the fourth line, the kids and Fox were the only ones who could really navigate their way through, uh, just the, the neutral zone pressure that Carolina was trying to create, you know, Fox, because he's such a heady player and he makes you miss, you know what I mean? And the kids, because they were actually willing to ship it in and the fourth line, they were willing to ship it in and go do some hard, get their work you know, boots on and go get it. You know what I mean? So, but the, the top six lines are not really constructed to do that, or, or at least they can, I, I, ha- I have no doubt that Trocheck and Mika can't go in and do that. Or same thing with, uh, no, excuse me, that, you know, uh, Mika and, and Tarasenko can't do that. Or same thing with Trocheck and Kreider. Uh, but you know, I think the top, the top six was clearly and still in the same mindset that they were going to be able to do the same things we're doing those first two games. They didn't adjust and Turk didn't adjust. If I'm being honest, you know, he didn't adjust his scheme when the power play was pretty much nullified. So yeah, I thought there were a lot of, a lot of, a lot of players and the coaching staff, uh, fail, failure to realize what was going on and failure to adjust, but Hey, they all have a, another chalk, uh, crack at it uh, on Thursday. Yeah. Well, speaking of the power play, actually, because you know, it's funny. I watching that, PK for Carolina, that was like the most passive aggressive uh, penalty kill I've ever seen. Like they almost like pressured the Rangers to the point where they didn't jump them, but they just knew that the Rangers would automatically just throw the puck somewhere else. And they w- were able to just, you know, either create a turnover or knowing that the Rangers are not going to be able to make those cross ice passes against them. They just like kind of forced them to move, move the puck around until they knew they were just going to make a mistake eventually. And, and they were able to, you know, once they got a 50, 50 puck, they got it and they were able to throw it out. So yeah, the, the New York Rangers got to clean up the power play. They got to keep it a little bit more simple against a team like Carolina. And I know it's great that you can, you know, pass it around and get some shots and, you know, get those easy lanes to the net. But, you know, for Carolina, a team like Carolina against New Jersey, they're, you know, they're not going to give you the time and space and they're certainly going to force you to do things that you're uncomfortable with. So, Again, that's why net present is huge. Just throw it on net, get tips, get rebounds. There's got to be a high-low presence, you know, whether that's Kreider or, you know, Lafreniere, whoever they have in front of the net has got to be, you know, ass in front of the goalie, tipping pucks, and then there's got to be, you know, someone coming in for a high rebound. So you come in, you know, right along the hash marks because uh, rebounds will squirt out, pucks will get loose, and then you got to jump the puck immediately and you know outnumber the puck no matter you know how many guys carolina has two guys in the corner you got to throw in three win that battle because you know you're up a man so this is you know pretty simple and you just gotta you know play simple and you know sometimes the rangers like to make that extra pass and that is just gonna lead to failure come playoff time so um that's all I got for the game. I'm done talking about the Carolina Hurricanes until <laughs> yeah. the next game. Uh, anything else, Andy? Uh, no, not so much about Carolina. I mean, I've been pretty fascinated with, honestly, right now, I'm, pretty much, I'm more interested in some of the other teams around the National Hockey League than I am in the Rangers, just about. 
you know, who's turning it on at the right time, what team in the East is finally going to lock up that wild card uh, spot. I think it looks like the, despite having very little margin for error that the, uh, the Islanders, I wouldn't say they have it on lock, but they've, they've basically, you know, what they've, what they've only lost, what one in their last, um, they, you know, they're so seven, two and one, their last 10. Yeah. Which is, kind of what they needed to do if they want to even keep their hopes alive. And they're still not out of the woods yet because, you know, I mean, uh, they, they've played 71 games. Uh, Pittsburgh is, is playing tonight. I haven't seen the score, but they have a 0-0. Zero, zero. Know, all right, Pittsburgh has a, a game in hand on them, and if they win, then they're tied. I don't know who has the regulation there, I think. Um, uh, Andy. I think the it, Islanders do. Islanders have 82 points. Penguins have Oh, I'm sorry. What am I looking at? No, well, they, they have two, they have two games in hand. So I'm, Pittsburgh would have to win the two games to tie oh, them. Excuse me. I'm, so I'm looking at, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the front page of Reddit where they usually have the scores, but they, they haven't updated it since yesterday. So that's my fault. So. Uh, no, but they're still same situation. They just, yeah. there's another game. But I mean, it's not looking good for Pittsburgh, to be honest. No, it's not. And who, uh, who are they playing? To? Oh, they're playing Colorado tonight. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, listen. Pittsburgh, in my opinion, they, unlike years past, I feel like they have zero depth. They rely on their first two lines to do everything. Uh, they have zero goaltending. I think, you know, Yari and I don't even know, the Smith, there's just no way you're going to win hockey games, those two guys splitting time. And, you know, I think they were the reason why the New York Rangers were able to do what they did, you know, the two games against them. And, you know, unfortunately, that's just a recipe for disaster in a, in a league where depth is a premium down the line. You just see how much it's hurting them right now. So uh, in, in my opinion, and for what it's worth, and I'm usually the kiss of death. So look for a 12 and 0 finish for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think they're going to be on the outside looking in, um, come, you know, come the you know, end of the season. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers have how many points? 79 points. And how many games played? They played seventy-one. Uh, seventy-one games played. Okay. So yeah, it's it's it it's it's not over, but it's it seems like it's coming to an end here. You know, Pittsburgh's lost four in a row. Um, the Panthers just lost the other night. Um, but the Islanders have won three in a row. And yeah, Panthers Capitals are out, which is they're they're cooked. They've played two more games and they only have seventy-four points. They're out. Fantastic so. to hear. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, my Ottawa Senators couldn't muster up enough wins. You know, they ran into a tougher schedule. I think they got a little burnt out. Um, Same thing with yeah. the Sabres, who've lost four in a row, despite they were looking like a wagon for a little bit. But Yeah, I, it's just so weird. Like, what do you think happened? I think it's, you know, I, I think it's, they say it's, oh, they're a young team, and they have to learn, like, how to survive the grind and whatever. Because if you think about it, the Rangers went through a horrible stretch, but the Rangers went through two horrible stretches this season. They went through one right before Christmas, before the helmet toss, right? Yeah. Uh, and then they... Um, actually, no, it wasn't a hard... Eh, you know, they lost a bad. couple games. Andy, I was saying Gallant was going to be fired come New Year's. That's, That's true. Well, that was bad. <laughs> but since that, that was their, their one bad stretch, right? Then they... Then they had a winning streak in, in what, February, January. Yeah, they went on a tear. They went on a tear. So kind of erase their mistakes. Whereas, uh, yeah, I think 
the younger then, teams. I think Ottawa and Buffalo have both had two, you know, or or more at least, where you know they turned it really on and like to keep it interesting. But then when the stakes actually got real, they collapsed. You know what I mean? So you don't know if that's mental. You don't know if that's just they were overperforming relative to the personnel they have. But you know, I mean, you you just know though that one of those, if not both, those teams are going to pop off in the next few years. They're too too much young, potent talent. Buffalo, I think Buffalo is going to be an absolute wagon, maybe even more so than the Senators. I think Buffalo, I like them maybe outside of, although Pekka Lukanen is pretty good, but just like they have some studs in the back end. They have, their forwards are, are absolutely stacked. Now that Tage Thompson is, is like, you know, <laughs> baby Mario Lemieux. Uh, Jack Quinn is an absolute, gamer and a player he's going to be excellent and i honestly i was i was not i I liked quinn's game but i was not high on him as some other people was and now i'm realizing the error of my ways uh, because i had him ranked pretty i thought he was pretty overhyped in his draft year not overhyped but i thought some people had him going like in the top 10 of his draft year and i was like "Eh, i would push him to like 15 or whatever but he he looks like a top five talent he's just that good so uh, yeah, they're absolutely, you know, Alex Tuck is an awesome young rough and tumble goal scorer. They, they have some good pieces, man. They're going to be good in the future. But uh, right now, it's just when you're asked, you know, it's kind of hard uh, when you're that young. And just like I said, it's just mentally when it got when it really mattered, it seemed like those two teams crumbled. So but I'm not in the locker room. though. That's not that's not for me to say. Yeah. And then, you know, a team like Pittsburgh, like I said, I mean, it's just, you know, I. They just run out of gas. I really think like they're old. Just, they're yeah, they're, they're old. old. And it doesn't help that the teams around them were winning. You know, like the Islanders in Florida, the two teams that they were really. Well, I'll say this: with. the Islanders are old too, but the Islanders have Sorokin. And the Islanders were just playing blah hockey for the whole season, and then they're like, yeah, because oh, that's well, all I- you have to play when you have Sorokin. They were they were like not they were underperforming, but they were never really out of it. If that makes any sense, and he kind of kept that that way where they would win a lot of games they probably shouldn't have but uh you know they they look motivated down the stretch because they realized that they had to get in so you know they won three games in a row and uh they're close to accomplishing that but again we'll see maybe pittsburgh starts a little win streak here and after even despite dropping one the panthers continue to go on a tear and, and it's the islanders on the outside looking in but that's basically the three teams in the east it's We'll see, you know, there's two, two spots, three teams. We'll see who really wants it, you know. But I, if I, my money's on the Panthers and uh, the Islanders. And honestly, if I'm any of the, t- because <laughs> uh, I, th- I, if I'm the Bruins or the, um, the Hurricanes or, or hell, even if the Devils finished up, I'd be terrified to play Sorokin in the first round. Yeah. I mean, if you're, well, could you imagine Carolina? I mean, listen, Carolina, they, Carolina is a team of structure. Like you said, they feed off of turnovers. If the Islanders just play a boring game, there's not going to be many like turnovers because the Islanders are not just going to sit there and be like, we need to score off transition. They're going to grind it out. They're going to yeah. just play the most made for the playoffs and they actually made the playoffs. Or <laughs> last year. Right. Yeah. And, you know, again, 
you know, uh, goaltending and, you know, if they, their power play gets hot, I mean, they absolutely can beat Carolina if they're that, you know, first wild card. Uh, Boston might be obviously a little bit different. You know, I do think they are a team that could upset Boston, you know, if things don't, you know, go Boston's way. But yeah, scary team. I, I truthfully, too, Florida is not a team I would want to play. That's the problem with the East of how deep it is. Like, even their wild cards, like, I know Florida has their problems and, you know, they give up a ton of goals, but they also score a lot too. And, you know, if they're healthy and Bobrovsky, you know, is able to, you know, kind of stand on his head, this team can win hockey games. Like, they can outscore some of their problems. And I yeah. know they don't have this defensive depth, but, you know, if they're able to score four or five goals a, a game against you, you know, shit, they can beat anybody. So, And honestly, they, 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 Sasha Barkov is an incredible player, but I think it's he, hard. I just took the record and, for most points in the franchise history. Yeah, but at the same time, they did not have Matthew Kachuk last year. <laughs> like, the ultimate, this he might be the ultimate gamer. He's and it's it's so weird because when I watch him, he's just it's like it's not that he like he has crazy skill. Like he does some crazy things sometimes. Like the other, he made a breakout pass just putting it between his legs for no reason. But the he doesn't like the game he plays isn't incredibly flashy. It's just he's always in the right spot and he just has the perfect amount of skill to to finish plays in every situation he's in, which is pretty goddamn impressive he's a and obviously that's not to to talk about the extracurriculars which i think to his credit i think he's maybe i don't know if he got good advice but as he's become in the last few years as his point totals have rise like he i think he's toned down the like the getting himself in you know getting it looks like getting himself taken off the ice with his antics type stuff he's kind of toned it down a little bit he's still a pain in the ass to play against it and i'm you know motherfucker but like he's clearly toned that element of his game down which is good because he's on the ice more and he's just he literally he's just uh he just tears teams of him and his brother honestly when they're on the ice they just pick teams apart man so that, that they didn't have that last year and they have that now so yeah both those teams both the islanders and the panthers i'd be absolutely terrified to play so you know say what you will about the rangers having to play the devils and the hurricanes and their speed being such a bad matchup for them but you know at the same time the hurricanes have to deal with the the mental aspect of that the rangers probably have the better goaltender and then they they're the team that defeated you last year so and yeah the devils are are young undersized a little untested so we'll see but it should be it'll be interesting down the stretch yeah i'm just looking at that i didn't even realize montour had 60 points this year good for yeah. good on him yeah good on him i mean you know i think i know uh, at what Ekblad missed a lot of time this season yeah. yeah yeah so he's had to step up and he's been good and again i think that's you know, uh, at least offensively, that team, like you said, they can score. They can now score a lot of their problems. And when they do the five-man attack, it's it's a lot. But um, maybe, who knows, maybe they've learned how to balance it with last year, with which, which got them swept against a very smart and savvy and disciplined uh, uh, Lightning. Yeah, uh, it'll be fun. Definitely it'll be fun. Uh, I'm just glad that, you know, I'm just glad that I don't even know what I'm glad at. I'm glad I was always going to say I'm glad that the New York Rangers aren't aren't you know volleying uh, a wild card, but the truth is it's like you're fucked no matter who you play in the first round. Like even like even out west, and I you know I know we don't talk about you know the, the west a lot, but like just even out west, 
it's just a crapshoot. It really like I have no, you know, maybe if you Colorado, have to put money, who 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 makes it to the the Cup final in the West? If you had to put money on one team, well, all right, I'll I'll say this: if Edmonton wasn't Edmonton, I would kind of like them to go to the Cup final. But I mean, at the end of the day, I know this is stupid, but to me, Dallas is just one of those teams where they just, yeah, they'll have a bad loss every once in a while, but they just win hockey games. And I just, I, I like that they're balanced. I like their team. They have like, it's just a well put together team. I like that they added Domi. It just, I don't know. I just have a good feeling about the this Dallas team. And I know that's a, like a, maybe a, a homer pick in terms of, you know, oh, you picked the first seed, but I mean, who else are you picking? I mean, it's a toss up, really, whoever. And then honestly, a team like Seattle wouldn't surprise me where they're like, who the fuck's on Seattle that they're in the cup final? Well, you just look at their whole roster and you're like, they just play as a team and, you know, here they are in the cup final. So what about you? Uh, it's, I go back and forth. It's like, like you said with the Oilers, it's that I do think they are probably a little bit more well-rounded than they were last year, but I don't know, man. It's just, you have McDavid and Dreisaitl and once again, you're finishing third in your division. It's just, I don't know. I mean, say, say what you will, but the Golden Knights, they were in trouble. They were. I thought they weren't going to make the playoffs a, a month and a half ago. And they lost both their goalies. <laughs> yeah, they lost. They, you know, and, but that's why. I just thought they were out. But then you yeah. realize, oh, they weathered the storm. They're getting healthy. Eichel's heating up again. Uh, and you know, will they? Will they get Mark Stone back for the playoffs? I think they will. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of hard to bet bet against them. They're they're a well coached team. I think they have the best. They're in first in their division. They have, the, I think, they have the second best goal differential to the to the Oilers, but who are in third, which shows you their problems is goaltending and defense. But and honestly, the, the Kings have been kind of hot as of late. So I mean, I Dude. I don't know if I fully buy into them. They, but that being said, I, since they got rid of Quick, uh, and they brought in what they brought in Gavrikov, they've been they've been solid, man. They've yeah. been pretty good. You know, I think their whole thing was that they just was they they were a good five on five team that just had shit special special teams and uh outside of like Fiala and, and like an aging Kopitar, they didn't really have much game breaking forwards up front. But you know, I think they're they're good, man. I think they, they can surprise teams too. But look, I just it's gonna be one of I think for me it's one of uh not I'm not saying the stars can't do it, but I feel like it's going to be one of the Golden Knights or the Avalanche in the West. I just think yeah. you get you get Land, Landis yeah. Gogs on the ice again. They're turning it back on. The Avalanche have won six in a row. Georgiev's having a great year. Him and Igor are what tied for second and wins behind Allmark this year. Yeah. So, listen, yeah. man, it's it's yeah, it's anyone's game. I mean, I I feel like Colorado's going to get lucky. Well. Apparently, Cap- Kaprizov. Kaprizov is supposedly coming back earlier than expected. Um, you know, and, and that would be their first 
their first matchup. Although, you know, they might take the one seed and have to play a wild card team. You know what I would love? I would actually love to see Colorado have to play Seattle, um, which is definitely a possibility, uh, especially if Vegas keeps winning and they get the first overall seed. But I, I think that Seattle, just how they're structured and how, you know, that team is going against the, you know, defending Stanley Cup champions with that firepower. It would be very interesting to see how Seattle handles them. And if Seattle can get through that, that series, they can beat anybody. So, um, yeah, just interesting out West how everything, I feel like they don't have the firepower the East has, but they're just all like very good team. That makes sense. So, uh, I was going to get into the fanatics, but maybe we should save that for next podcast. Oh boy. Uh, Cause I want, yeah, that's it, a long one. We're, we're, it's we're a long creeping one. up on an hour here. So yeah. And uh, then uh, the last thing I had, Andy uh, 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 Boyle has retired yeah. on, you know, uh, you know, I say what you want. He wasn't obviously one of our best players, but the guy was a fucking gamer come playoff time just an overall good dude and uh you know unfortunately his you know kind of career towards the end had a, a slight derail but he comes back and you know finishes strong and um yeah no i tipped the hat to a, a a pretty good career and uh i know he's a massachusetts boy but um you know and you know how i feel about them but you know he was a good one so yeah i mean uh Boiler was a key part of that Rangers team that went to made it to the Stanley Cup final. Um, fortunately, obviously they didn't get it done, but uh, yeah, I mean, to to play what is I think he finished with you know eight hundred eight hundred and seventy one career games played in the National Hockey League is tough to do, uh, especially for at his size and, and it's, you know, it was obviously an aspect, lack, but lack it was his lack of speed was killing him. But he worked with uh, a figure skating. Co- I think he worked with, with a power skating coach, Barb under Underhill, and it's pretty much saved his career. He's talked about it before, but you know, and he went from a, uh, like, you know, a perp, maybe a below average, but still like able to keep up in the national hockey league. And I think after doing that, I, it, he, he had a, he had a year with the Rangers. He scored like 20 goals, right? Yeah. Tweet. We, he had 21 goals in, in 2010, 2011, uh, 35 points overall. But, uh, you know, for a fourth line guy, 74 pen- penalty minutes, that's a hell of a stat line from him, you know, for, for that year. So, you know, he was always a, you know, a big, uh, he was a big part of the black and blue shirt, which is an era that despite their, say what you will about their lack of success at times, but uh, they had a lot of heart and soul guys and he was just part of that bunch. and. Yeah, he had a hell of a career and best luck, you know, won the Masterton after dealing with uh, cancer a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, he's a team guy and congratulations to him on a, a great career. Um, and like I said, he's 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 older than us. He's a, you know, he's an 84, right? So he's, uh, uh, yeah, the fact that he was able to play as long as he did is a yeah, testament to, to him as a competitor and, and as a person. So uh, congrats to him. I hope he enjoys retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. So, uh, anything else, Andy? Before we oh sign yeah, off? you know, I mean, it's not you know this is a hockey podcast, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, uh, Willis Reed, the mm. uh, the 
you know, captain of the, uh, the championship winning uh, New York Knicks of their only championship team uh, passed away the other day. Really sad. I mean, they had a even in the during the Ranger game. Well, obviously, at the Ranger game, they had a, a moment of silence for him. And uh, obviously, everyone talks about that moment, him coming walking out in game seven um, to play in that game where he was basically on one leg, but just him walking out and like making shots and warm up and hitting his first like two shots, even though he literally could not move, but it just galvanized his team. And just like, you know, he's, you know, Messier-esque leadership intangibles. So he's a, he's a legend in the New York Knicks organization and obviously in the garden. So uh, really sad to hear about the captain passing away. And uh, yeah, just uh, rest in power. Willis Reed. Um, you know, it's, again, it's uh, the Knicks are having a really good season, and it's a shame that something like this had to happen during them. But hopefully, oh, who knows? Maybe hopefully they can win a championship for him. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.